It's often called America's national pastime. We innately identify with it. We put it on a pedestal. But most of all, we get excited about the entire enthralling experience. There's nothing like the raucous roar of the crowd when they hear the crack of the ball against the bat. Grab your jerseys and mitts as we break down baseball on today's FYI. Welcome to For Your Info. English. You got it. You got it. Hello, 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 everybody, and welcome to another exciting edition of FYI for your English. Remember, if you enjoy our show, don't forget to give us a rating wherever you listen to podcasts because, well, that helps a lot more people discover this podcast. So spread the word, as I always say, because sharing is caring. Compartir es vivir. All right, well, guys, today we're going to share something, well, something I can't think of anything that's more American than this. In fact, a lot of times we use the expression, it's as American as baseball. And the only other thing that we can put in the place of baseball there is apple pie. So there are two things that we consider more American than anything else, and that's baseball and apple pie. It's as American as baseball, or it's as American as apple pie. Eso viene a decir que es muy, muy, muy americano, puro. So let's take a look at our intro. As always, I put a lot of words in there for you to discover. I said it's often called America's national pastime. Now, I'm sure you recognize this word, pasatiempo, right? A pastime. It's another way of saying a hobby. And this is another nickname that we have given baseball, America's national pastime. Why? Because as far back as I can remember, we been playing baseball or watching baseball or talking about the score. The score is el marcador. How do you say, como van? Do you guys know that one? Como van? What's the score? Y como quedaron? Well, we just put it in the past tense. What was the score? So then I said, we innately identify with it. You know, I love my alliteration, folks. Innately. Eh, innato. Desde el principio. We innately identify with it. We put it on a pedestal. Si, tenemos la misma expresión que vosotros. Pedestal se pronuncia pedestal. So to put something or someone on a pedestal. But most of all, we get excited about it. Nos emocionamos. Remember, to get excited doesn't normally have a sexual connotation in English. It can, but usually when we say excited, we mean emocionado. Remember that context is everything. So we get excited about the entire enthralling experience. Triple E over there. So entire is the whole. Another way to say the entire is the whole 
enthralling is fascinating, right? It's another way of saying fascinating. The entire enthralling experience. And be careful with those words with X, X. Uh, I hear my students sometimes say example, experience. Piensa como si estuviera ahí una K. Experience, experience, right? So uh, careful with that because I, I, I hear a lot of students pronounce it like an S, but it's really like an X. So if you want practice, you have to get ek experience experience okay and then i said there's nothing like the raucous roar of a crowd and ruckus is uh, ruidoso escandaloso right it's a it's a loud noise when you think of a ruckus you think of a loud noise and a roar is un rugido so the roar of the crowd and then i said when you hear the crack of the ball against the bat yeah i love that sound we heard that sound in the beginning crack and uh well that's when everybody starts paying attention and they see what's going on and they see if that ball is going to go over the fence remember if it goes over the fence it's a home run don't worry we'll go over the rules my one of my goals on this episode is to simplify baseball as much as possible we're going to demystify it but a little bit later on in the show then I said, grab your jerseys. Now, a jersey, I know in Spanish, un jersey is a sweater. In, in English, un jersey is a sweater. But a jersey is like a uniform. It's something that an athlete wears. So a lot of times, we wear our jerseys to a baseball game. The same way when you guys go to a soccer game or a soccer match, se puede decir ambas, you guys wear your jerseys as well to support your team or to root for your team. So grab your jerseys and your mitts. What? What is your mitt? Well, your mitt is tu guante. You're thinking, but why do I need my mitt if I'm in the audience, if I'm in the crowd? Well, quite simply, because sometimes, as I said before, balls go out of the park and they go into the stands, la grada. And I got to tell you something, if you're going to catch a, a ball that goes into the stands, I highly recommend you use a mitt because uh, these balls can go pretty fast. And when I look at the word mitt, it also reminds me of the word oven mitt, that in Spanish you say manopla, mitt. So yeah, uh, and, and believe me, I, I was at a game once, this was the Atlanta Braves, and uh, I remember my uncle caught a fly ball. Now a fly ball is una pelota que está en el aire, and he caught it. And he gave it to me. And I remember uh, my aunt, my aunt is awesome. Uh, she went and she took it to the dugout. Now, the dugout is where the players sit, right? The dugout. And it makes sense because it's dug out. Está cavado. It's underground, basically. If you've ever seen a dugout, it makes sense that they call it this. And so my aunt, she was so sweet. She went and found the player. She's like, hey, hey, listen, you got to sign this ball for my nephew. Para mi sobrino. And he did. So uh, I'm going to share a lot of those experiences with you. Some experiences of when I played baseball, when I went to games at Yankee Stadium or many other places where I've seen a live game or taken in. To take in a game is uh, like to enjoy it, right? Another way of saying to enjoy something is to take it in. So there's nothing like taking in 
a game of baseball. I love it, and it brings back such amazing memories. And I'll tell you all about it, uh, all about my personal experiences in the bonus part of the show. And just a quick reminder, if you're interested in getting the bonus material every week, plus PDF documents with the vocabulary, the expressions, and the structures we see, plus classes with me, and so much more, you can find out about becoming a patron on patreon.com slash Alberto Alonso. And we have lots of fun and we learn English every week in our curious community. So I want to send a shout out to all my patrons right now. You guys rock. I always say it and it's so true. This show would not be possible without you. So if you guys enjoy this show and you're not patrons, well, then you can thank my patrons too. Thank you to all of you. And a special shout out to my super duper students, Hugo, Roberto, Jose Maria, Mila. Alex, Patricio, Edgar, and Loles. And don't forget about my interstellar students, Diego, Pilar, Carmen, and Diana. Thank you, thank you, thank you so much. This show would not be possible without you guys. If you want more information or maybe a free sample, una muestra gratis, just contact me or take a look over at patreon.com slash Alberto Alonso. And slash is barra. All right, so as always, let's go back to the beginning. When did baseball start? Let's rewind. All right, well, here we are back in the 1800s. And I've got to say, a lot of origin stories are pretty straightforward. Bastante directo, sin misterio. But the baseball one is not quite simple. In fact, as I researched this episode, I came across, Topecon, I came across many different myths, many different things that uh, have been thought to be true and really are not true if you really dig deeper. Si cavas un poco más en profundidad, you will see that it's not true. Uh, for example, I grew up my whole life thinking that baseball was invented by a man named Abner Doubleday. In fact, that's, I think, what they tell most of us uh, as we were growing up. They said baseball was invented by a man named Abner Doubleday. He was a war hero, right? Sounds like a beautiful story. A war hero, un héroe de guerra. And he comes home and he, uh, he wants to have some fun, so he invents baseball. It sounds great, but it's not true. In fact, there are a few things that can be proven because, well, baseball kind of came from a bunch of other games. It was a mix of uh, two games, cricket, which many of you know, a British game, and rounders, which was a game that was played by kids in general. So really, baseball has its roots. If you really want to go back, you can go back to ancient Egypt, uh, Mayan tribes, uh, France, uh, England, all of these places played games that were similar to baseball in one way or another. So Abner Doubleday didn't invent anything. Uh, but according to the legend, the urban legend, uh, it was invented by Abner Doubleday in Cooperstown, New York. Now, if you know anything about baseball, you'll know that Cooperstown, New York is a very famous place in the world of baseball. Why? Well, it's where the Baseball Hall of Fame and Museum is located. So I guess it would make sense that the people in Cooperstown would say baseball was invented here by our local resident, a war hero. And who doesn't want to believe that story? 
But if it's not true, we're not going to propagate it, are we? So as we said, it had its origins in many games that were played. But what about modern day baseball? Well, uh, as I looked it up, remember, look up is consultar, buscar. Uh, I realized that there were a lot of people playing similar games, but there was one specific club called the Knickerbocker Club. This was in New York. Think about it. The New York Knicks is a basketball team, but initially the word Knickerbocker was associated with baseball, which is kind of strange. So the Knickerbocker Baseball Club of New York, say that five times fast, <laughs> the Knickerbocker Baseball Club of New York uh, got credit for being the ones who made the modern rules, who kind of changed the game and adapted it into what we know as baseball today. And so they got together this committee, comité, we say committee, and they, they came up with these rules, and they dubbed these rules. To dub is another way to say to name. They dubbed these rules the Knickerbocker Rules. And these rules, well, uh, some of these rules we'll still see today, such as the foul lines. The Knickerbocker Rules set the foul lines. No, Las líneas donde se sale la pelota y es falta. Uh, they also uh, identified the paces between bases. Look at that. I'm a poet and I didn't even know it. Sin haberlo planificado, he hecho un pareado. The paces. Well, a lot of times when we used to play baseball anywhere, you know, just in a field, not on a, a uh, not on a baseball field, but I mean in a field, in un campo cualquiera, it's pretty easy to make a baseball field. All you need really is a baseball and you need a bat and then you need like two or, or I'm sorry, you need three or four shirts or hats and those are your bases and you're ready. You're all set. You make your foul lines and that's that. And I remember uh, umpires, the umpire is the referee. In baseball, we call this person the umpire and they would pace literally hacer pasos para separar los bases. So that was established in the Knickerbocker rules. Also, also the limit of three outs which today, to this day, uh, it's three outs. And I'm going to explain the rules in a little bit. Don't worry. Uh, now, they also had something, too, where you could, uh, you could tag somebody out, but by throwing the ball at them. And I guess they decided that this was a little bit too dangerous. So they eliminated this one. Because now, if you want to get somebody out who's on base, well, you have to tag them with the ball, no tocarles con ello, uh, or you have to get to the base before them. But back in the day, you could just throw the ball at them. <laughs> and I guess they realized, well, maybe that's not the safest way to play the game. It, it reminded me more of dodgeball. Do you know this game? Uh, dodge is esquivar. So dodgeball is el juego donde esquivas la pelota. I think you call it balón prisionero or something like that. So uh, these were some of the rules that we still see today. The New York Knickerbocker rules. Uh, now the first game, the first baseball game that was recorded was played in New Jersey, in Hoboken, New Jersey on June 19th, 1846. So these uh, Knicker Bocker rules were the early um, the early 1800s, and by 1846 they had established these rules and they started playing. And this was a game between the New York Nine and the Knickerbockers. Now, unfortunately for those Knickerbockers, the guys who, who came up with the rules, they lost 23 to 1. 23 a 1. Remember, when we talk about this, we don't talk about points. 
I know in soccer, it's goals. Well, here we talk about runs. So how many runs did they get? And that would be the points. That would be the score. Five to one, five to three. It's the runs. And we're going to take a look at that in a little bit. Also, another guy we can't move on. We can't talk about the history of baseball without talking about this guy, Henry Chadwick. And he was an English-American sports writer. He was the, one of the first people to start uh, keeping track of the stats, uh, las estadísticas. And so they call this guy the father of baseball because his reporting and his contributions uh, led to the early development and popularity of this game. And in fact, the first baseball guide, they're very common now, these guides that tell you all the statistics and everything. Well, he uh, edited the first baseball guide that was sold to the public. So Henry Chadwick. Uh, so as you can see by the history, there's no clear, clear history. Many, many people contributed to making baseball America's pastime. So now, as promised, we've got to get into how the hell do you play this game? ¿Cómo demonios juegas esto? And you know what? This was, I think, my biggest challenge in this episode, trying to demystify um, baseball. And I want to, you know, I want to uh, explain everything. I want to cover my bases. Toma, expresión. Uh, to cover your bases is to look at all possible opportunities, uh, to look at all possible options. So to cover your bases, there's an expression that comes from baseball. And in the bonus part of today's show, we're going to look at uh, about 50 15 or 20 different expressions that are used daily in business and in, in all different aspects of life, and they come directly from baseball. So let's cover our bases without boring you or confusing you because there can be a lot of details. So let's start with the basics here. Two teams. Great. Hasta ahí, todo bien. We've got the home team and the away team. Now, how long does the game last? ¿Cuánto dura el partido? Well, that that depends. It always depends. But a baseball game usually lasts about three hours. So it's a long day. But remember, baseball uh, stadiums, which we call ballparks, are outside many times. So you're enjoying a nice, beautiful day in the sun, you know, um, having some snacks and some beers with your friends and watching a game. Uh, it's all about the experience. I mean, we call it a ballpark for a reason, because it's like you're in the park since you're watching the game outside. And again, in the bonus part of the show, I'll give you guys an insight, a step-by-step -step insight of what it's like to attend a baseball game for those of you who haven't. So two teams play, a home team and an away team. So far, it's pretty simple. It's like soccer. Now, in soccer, you have four, uh, excuse me, two parts, right? Two halves. Well, in baseball, you have nine innings. Now, an inning is uh, made up of two parts, okay? An inning is two parts. You've got the top of the inning and the bottom of the inning, okay? So the top of the inning, one team is at bat. And at the bottom of the inning, which is the second part of the inning, the other team is at bat and the other team plays the field. So just remember that, nueve cambios de turno. So if you're starting uh, batting, then halfway through the inning, the first inning, when you get three outs, and we'll look at that right now, because that's how you know when it goes from the beginning or the top of the inning to the bottom of the inning. So a lot of times people say, oh, what inning is it? 
Ah, bottom of the ninth. Bottom of the ninth. Now, bottom of the ninth significa que está ya el segundo eh, equipo bateando. Okay, bottom. The bottom of the inning is the end. So both teams obviously get a chance to play in the field and both teams get a chance to bat. Think about it as, as offense and defense. So an inning is once that round has gone. So uh, you've played the field and you've also batted. Now it's time for the second inning. So see, each inning has two parts, the top and the bottom. So what's the objective? What is the aim here? Well, obviously, to hit the ball. <laughs> you got to hit the ball and hit it far and hard. <laughs> but it's not so easy when you're getting pitches, right? Pitches on tiros at 120 miles per hour. So you have to hit the ball with a bat and you have to swing the bat, right? Ese movimiento is called the swing. But you don't have an unlimited amount of chances. You have either three strikes or four balls. And we have an expression in English, that another expression, it says, three strikes and you're out. O sea, a la, a la tercera, fuera. Three strikes and you're out. So you have two options here. You can get three strikes and then you strike out. You can have a hit, which is awesome because hopefully you'll get on base. Once you hit the ball, you have to go on base. Or you can walk. Now, how does this work? This is if you get four balls. So if you get four balls, that means you can go to first base automatically without hitting or anything. And what is a ball? A ball is a ball that is thrown or pitched badly. So, si te lo tira muy bajo and you don't swing, that's a ball. No tienes. You don't have to swing at every ball. You have to swing at the balls that are coming into the strike zone. So, it's possible to get a strike if you swing and you miss. It's also possible to get a strike if... You don't swing and the ball is in the strike zone. And the strike zone is over the over home plate. Home plate is la base eh, donde está el bateador. And it has to be between your knees, I believe, and your shoulders. There's a hole. You can take a look at it. The strike zone. And there's somebody behind the catcher. The catcher is right behind the batter. There's somebody called the umpire, as I said before, who is saying whether it's a strike or a ball. So if you get three strikes... You sit down. Bye-bye. If you get a hit, well, you can go to base and you can go as far as you can go. But be careful because you can be tagged out, as I said before. If you get four balls, four bad pitches, then you can go to first base without having to hit the ball at all. Okay? So you have a couple different ways that you can get on base or strike out. And if you strike out, that's one out. And, well, three outs, as I said, is when you change sides, cuando cambias de lado. And another way to get an out, for example, is if there's a fly ball. So there's a, a pop fly or a fly ball, and someone catches it, that's one out right there. The person who hit that ball, that's one out. But let's say there's a person running from second to third base. Well, guess what? If that person doesn't make it there before the ball, <laughs> antes que la pelota then that person is out, and that would be called a double play. So it's possible to get two or three outs in one play. And of course, after that third out, it's time to change. So you get, uh, it's kind of that three strikes rule. And de hecho, la palabra to strike out is fracasar. Oh man, I struck out. I struck out. Fracasé. So I hope I'm explaining it a little bit. So obviously, let's, let's go back to this as well. If you hit the ball... Obviously, if you go to first base, that's called a single. 
If you go to second base, it's called a, you guessed it, double. If you go to third base, we call it a triple. And if you go all the way home, that's all four bases, well, guess what? Then you have hit a home run. And that's what everybody wants. And a home run is when you hit it and you have time to go around the bases. Or if you hit it out of the park, right? See, sale. If it goes over the fence and into the crowd, then that's an automatic home run. And the, the greatest thing you can do in baseball, as far as runs are concerned, in cuanto a puntos, no? the runs that I was talking about, is a grand slam. And what is a grand slam? A grand slam is when bases are loaded. ¿Qué significa esto? Bases are loaded significa que tienes una persona en la primera, segunda y tercera base. So if you hit a home run there, you're not the only one coming home. Remember, to come home is hacer el diamante entero, volver a casa, we call it. So if you come home, that's one run. But remember, there are three other guys on base. So with one hit, you can get four runs. That's called a grand slam. In fact, that's there's many times, it's not a mistake when we talk about the lineup. The lineup is el orden de los bateadores, the lineup or the batting order. Usually the their their heaviest hitter, como decimos, su mejor bateador is the one who goes fourth. Why? Well, if the first person gets a single, the second person gets a single and the third, we got three men on base. And your best hitters coming up. So it's the best way to uh, possibly get a grand slam. They always, you'll see, best batters are always fourth. We call it the cleanup batter. Porque limpia las bases. All right, so we talked about strikes. We talked about balls. We talked about uh, getting on base. We talked about home runs. Uh, let's talk about the field a little bit. As I said before, uh, baseball is played on a field or a baseball diamond. So it's pretty easy to imagine. It's a diamond. You've got home base, first base, second base, and third base. And obviously, the person who plays first base is the first baseman. The person who plays second base is the second baseman. The third baseman? Absolutely. <laughs> I think you guys, uh, I think you followed my pattern. Now, between the second and third baseman, there's a shortstop. Okay, and that shortstop is there in case he needs to cover second or third base. So there's a lot of strategy. I'm not going to get into too much of the strategy. I just want to give you the basic layout of the different positions, the basic rules, or as we call them, the ground rules. Ground rules son, es una otra expresión que viene de baseball, son las reglas en general. A couple ground rules, as we say. We've got the infield and the outfield. The bases, where I was telling you guys, that's called the infield. Okay, now the infield is, if you're imagining a baseball diamond in your head, the infield is the, the area where the bases are, okay? It's the dirt area. And in the outfield, that's the grass area. And in the outfield, you have three players. So we already said you have three basemen. You have your shortstop, who's between second and third base. You have your pitcher. You have your catcher right? Your pitcher and your catcher, very important. And then you have your outfielders and you have left field, right field, and you guessed it, 
center field. So that's those are all the positions on a baseball diamond. And so if you're playing in the field, it's your turn to play defense, if you will, then you have to fill those positions. And at the but don't don't forget you'll always have your chance to bat. So you have your chance to play the field and you have your chance to bat as well. So uh as you guys know, um Everybody gets their fair shake. Es como que cada uno tiene su turno. Cada uno tiene lo justo. Now, you can imagine when I was a baseball player, I played in the outfield. And it's kind of funny because uh, we have an expression in English. And if somebody's like not paying attention or they're not with it, they are out in left field. Yo siempre en las clases me distraía. And the teacher would say, Alberto, you're out in left field. I have to admit, I live my life out in left field. <laughs> we gave you the positions, I believe, right? We said the pitcher. Uh, two most important, I mean, where where's everybody watching? Well, the pitcher and the catcher and the batter. That's where the action's happening. Until there's a hit and then the action can happen anywhere on the baseball diamond. And I think that's one of the cool things about baseball because a lot of my students say, isn't it boring? Well, it's not all about the game. As I said, it's about going to a place, sitting outside, enjoying a game, some conversation, uh, some snacks with your friends, and who knows, you might even get a suntan, un bronceado. I mean, that's why we wear baseball caps, so we don't get sunburn. Because I think everybody wants to get a suntan, but nobody wants to get a sunburn. And also, I think it's like a lot of other sports. It's not the same. I can show somebody a, a soccer game, but unless I take you to the Bernabeu or to Yankee Stadium or one of these places, it's not the same. You're not going to feel that energy. So I highly recommend that if you guys ever get a chance to go to a ball game, as we call it, go. You'll have a great time and you'll enjoy every second of it, even if it's not about the game. I always say it's, you know, you're having a conversation, you hear the crack of the bat, Oh my God, yeah, yeah, yeah. And you go back to your conversation. It's kind of cool because it's an it's not a, a very intrusive sport, I should say. You know, you can watch the game and still have a conversation. You don't have to pay attention every single second. And we're going to wrap up this first part of the show today talking about the World Series. Now, I always thought this was funny because it's called the World Series, but it's only played in the United States. Hmm. <laughs> world? Really? <laughs> and the World Series. Well, the World Series is what you would call la final de la champions or something like this. The World Series is a seven-game series. It doesn't have to be seven games. It's best of seven. So the first team to win four games wins the World Series. And it's a team, the, the MLB, Major League Baseball, has two leagues. You've got the American League and the National League. And the best team on the American League plays against the National League. And that's how we get our World Series. And my favorite World Series are always Subway Series. That's right. A Subway Series is between uh, the New York Yankees and the New York Mets. ¿Por qué? Porque puedes ir en metro. And I always, when I talk, people ask me, what is, what's it like? The Yankees, the Mets. I always think of um, Atlético de Madrid and Real Madrid. It's the perfect example. So uh, Atlético de Madrid, they're a team. They, they win against big teams. They don't have the same budget as some of the big teams. But there they are, always impressing people, always amazing people. And that's the Mets. 
The Mets, in fact, their nickname is the Amazing Mets because sorprenden a todos. They're like, wow, they did it, <laughs> you know? And so the Mets, my grandmother was a Mets fan and I've always been a Yankees fan. So there was always a, it was always fun to watch a Subway series with my grandmother. And obviously the Yankees are the ones with all the money, all the titles, you know, all the, <laughs> the great players throughout history. Sound familiar? Yeah. So basically the Yankees are Real Madrid and the Mets would be the equivalent of Atletico de Madrid. That's the easiest way to sum it up. But as I said, don't take my word for it. If you ever get the chance to go to a baseball game, check it out because it is America's favorite pastime. Thank you so much, everyone. I hope you enjoyed this and I hope you'll join us in the bonus part of today's FYI.